Thank you for checking out the Media Marketing Podcast, a place where you can learn all things media and marketing related. Don't miss a beat in boosting your business and your brand. In each episode, you'll gain valuable insights, tools, and strategies to apply to your marketing efforts. And now your host, Brian Cargill. Heather, thank you so much for joining me on the Media Marketing Podcast. I'm going to read your intro here. Okay. Heather, yeah, I'm going to jump right in. Heather works with owners of small to mid-sized creative and marketing agencies who want to grow their firm in a healthy, sustainable manner. As a profit advisor, she helps them make sense of their financial of their financials, provides user-friendly KPI data and guidance to make informed decisions so that they can work strategically on their business and increase profits, which means they can achieve the lifestyle that they've been working towards. Heather, thank you for jumping on the show. Yeah, thank you. Wow. That sounds like a run-on sentence, but that's all right. Yeah. Do you want to unpack some of that? <laughs> so um, <laughs> I guess first, um, let's Let's go into our backstory, how we know each other and, you know, how you came to be on the show. And then we can talk in, uh, through some of those sentences I just said. But uh, thank you, Heather, for coming on the show. I, I think we first met probably about two years ago uh, through mutual friend John Rumler through Toastmasters and is uh, over there on the east side of Portland. And uh, yeah, it was a nice time. I'm, I'm glad we've stayed connected over the years. And um, yeah. We met through Toastmasters. What brought you to Toastmasters? Are you a fan of public speaking or? Uh, yeah. So the reason why I joined Toastmasters to begin with was back in about 2009, 2010, I was volunteering with Amnesty International and I was supposed to speak with different officials in the government and talk about like Guantanamo Bay and all these different really heavy subjects. And I was like, ah, how am I going to do that? And so I thought, well, I need to learn a little bit about public speaking, speaking and feel more comfortable talking to these like scary officials in the government. And so I joined Portland Progressive Toastmasters, which was more bent on political issues. And from there I grew my love of Toastmasters. So, uh, yeah, so I started in 2010, and then uh, I had to kind of take a break while I went back to school to study accounting and studying for my CPA exam. So um, I kind of went on hold for a little while with my career, but I started back up last year. Oh, my goodness. Heather, uh, you were pretty unique. You were already alluding to – you were speaking on some, some government politics, talking about um, – doing the CPA, and then you also have a background in the creative industry. Um, what drives you? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you seem like a person that's driven by curiosity, trying new things, and you're willing to say yes to a lot of these things that a lot of people would say, hey, that's too big of a challenge. I don't want to take that on. Yeah. Well, so uh, my first degree was in fashion design, and that was in the 80s. Uh, that was a two-year degree, so it wasn't like I was real heavily committed, but I did work in the fashion industry, but found that I really loved business. And so I went back to school and studied uh, advertising, and so I have a degree in advertising, but it's actually a business degree, and worked in market research for many years, and then when the big layoffs came, I was like, what am I going to do with my life? Do I want to stick in market research? And because I'm so, like you said, curious and I like to learn new things, I was like, well, I really liked my accounting classes when I was in business school. So I went back and got a degree in, in accounting. And uh, now I'm in my 50s. So it feels like this is a good niche because it's like something that I can 
keep working on uh, and I won't get bored with for sure because there's just so much to know. But uh, yeah, I have kind of gone in different directions. I also have a background in theater. I've worked in theater and stuff as well. So um, I just love to learn. That's what really drives me. Yeah, I think you're kind of the, the epitome of the left brain, right brain, where you, you do all the creative things and then something like accounting is so technical um, and be, having to be very organized. And then I think we have some uh, some viewers tuning in uh, just to give people up to speed. You have you're, talking about your backdrop but before we jumped on here, just talking about your backdrop alone. Uh, that's an homage to uh, this is Bas I'll let you say that. Yeah, Basquiat. Yeah. So I love. Well, not only do I love all things 80s, but I also love 80s artists. And so Basquiat is definitely one of those. And then like Keith Haring and Kenny Scharf. I love all those artists and I, I loved them back then and I still love them now. So um, I'm a product of my, of my youth, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, definitely. I think, yeah, it's kind of the culmination of all those things that make us who we are. And I think showing an appreciation for Basquiat and throwing that up there. Um, yeah, a lot of lot of art out there these days. I think Banksy just produced a uh, an art piece um, like the other day. So feel free to go check that out. That's really relevant to the times. But um, anyway, Heather, let's get let's talk about you. So okay. thanks for coming on the show. And um, you, you know, your background is in the, the financial uh, helping out people in the creative industry through your your financial tips and uh, you do accounting. Um, but let's talk about you have a, a lead magnet that you mentioned that's coming out here pretty soon do you want to explain what that is sure yeah the lead magnet so um i guess your 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 uh, listeners probably know what lead magnets are but um uh it sounds kind of sneaky doesn't it a lead magnet um but uh i'm going to be putting together sort of a one sheet maybe it's probably going to end up being like several pages but it'll be a pdf and it's going to talk about the pitfalls that entrepreneurs should avoid when growing their agencies and uh i i've tried to cha i've changed this around many times and i've tried to keep it down to 10 things but really there's more than 10 uh th that sounds kind of depressing but i i try to keep them within 10 things that sort of fit together and um i can go over some of those we're not going to have enough time to to go through all 10 but yeah, maybe. Oh, okay. Just to get people up to speed. That, that's a great kind of foundation there. Lead magnet is something that brings people in. Uh, you're providing something of a value for your audience. And in return, you hope that they see you as a trusted advisor as someone that they could look to for advice. Um, and then yeah, talking about the 10 pitfalls, um, maybe do you want to just start with one? Maybe what's your favorite or the, the first one in the, in the top 10? <laughs> uh, so one of my very it's not really my favorite, but unfortunately, it's kind of like the starting piece. And that is that I see so many times entrepreneurs, especially if it's just one person or maybe they have one employee or they hire assistants or virtual assistants or contractors. But one of the things I see them do is to not keep their books and or they, if they do keep their books, maybe it's a relative's that's keeping their books or they're using some kind of software that they don't really understand. And really to grow your business, you have to start with really good books because you have to have good numbers. Otherwise you have nothing to base that off of to figure out if you are meeting certain benchmarks or um, if you want to track certain KPIs. But I know with working with creative people, not all of them are number people. I, I happen to be like one of those people that's like creative and I have a brain for, for data. I love both. But 
I understand that the people that I work with may not be in that same case, or they might enjoy the data, but they get really scared by the whole financial accounting piece of it. But uh, that's why I don't feel like they should have to do that. Like they should hire someone like me or a bookkeeper or somebody to help them with their books. So that's, that's the number one thing I think. Start with that, and then we can kind of go through the next, the next phase. But if you don't have good books, it's really impossible to... Um, to, like I said, to grow your company at all. Yeah, it's kind of hard to know where you're going if you don't know where you've been. And yeah, using those metrics, using that data to your advantage. Um, and then, yeah, you talked about the, why is this a problem in the creative industry? Because a lot of people, yeah, they're focused on the creative, they're focused on the art and hope that things kind of pan out. Um, I think this episode is going to be as much of a talk for myself as well, because, <laughs> you know, I, I like to hope that kind of things will fall into place. Uh, but I know that there is advantages by looking into KPIs, uh, which are key performance indicators and, and seeing using those as a beacon for where you're going to go in the future. Yeah, you, yeah, go for it. Things that I find with creative people is that they, they the only reason why they're doing their books is because they have to do a tax return at the end of the year. And really, all your finances really should help drive your business and um, all the decisions that you make. You want to be able to uh, be, instead of reactionary, be proactive throughout the year. So if the only time you're really looking at your numbers is at the end of the year when you're doing your tax return, that's too late. Like, you've already... You, you now can't, I mean, you can kind of go back and look at your history. I mean, that does have some, uh, you know, use, but really you should be keeping track of what's going on and then forecasting what will happen. So you really need to know like what's in your pipeline. So you know what kind of cash flows that you're going to have. So you can uh, gauge like, can you afford to bring on a contractor on a job or do you need to charge more for a job or, um, or is there a lot of scope creep that's coming in and that you need to like talk to your clients and, but without measuring anything, you'd have no idea um, that all this is going on. I mean, you might like in your head kind of like feel it. like, it might be a gut feeling, but you don't have any data to back it up. Yeah. The intuition is there, but it might not be reflective. Um, maybe you can tell people what, what are kind of your first steps with, with folks when, cause if you're creative, yeah, you can either try doing this yourself or you work with someone like yourself, Heather, who's trained, who's well organized, who has gone to school for this, who is, who is very good at what they do and finds enjoyment in it. What, what does that first session kind of look like? Yeah. So um, if you want to work with me um, or, you know, other accountants or whatever, uh, for me, though, I do um, what they call like a discovery session, which would sit down and right now would probably be done through Zoom for the most part. And I do have an office here in Portland, but I do work with people across the United States. And so we would just do like a Zoom chat and kind of get to know each other. I would look at whatever books that they had, if they do have books, and then we'll see how we can work together. I offer uh, several different tiers depending on the size of the business. So, um, you know, I understand that some people might be just in that, that early phase, a bootstrap phase. And so I have a a plan that works for that. But then, you know, if you have more employees and that, that in itself brings on a whole other um, slew of issues when you have payroll and all of that. So there's, it's a more higher touch uh, set of services that I uh, have for those people. That's awesome. So you can kind of help yeah, grow alongside folks as they're at a smaller stage up to that midsize mm -hmm. organization maybe we can help people identify what makes you unique, Heather. Uh, what's, what's your favorite part about what you're, you're able to offer your clients? 
Um, well, I mean, I am definitely different and unique, so I'm not this typical boring accountant. I know that we, we are sort of, sort of stereotyped to be that like buttoned up, you know, suit and tie kind of person. And I'm, I'm totally not that when people meet me, they're like, you're an accountant. Like what? <laughs> so, um, one of the conversations that I have over and over with people is that they are, they feel intimidated by their accountants and they feel afraid to ask questions. And, um, they'll tell me that when they've worked with accountants in the past where they've left, left their office, like being like, okay, I am so confused. I have no idea what's going on. I don't even know what they said to me. And, and it makes it so that clients are afraid to ask questions. And, and one of the big things that I think creative people have is they don't understand their numbers because they've never really been explained what, how, how do I even read a financial statement? I mean, it's confusing and uh, accountants use all kinds of jargon. And um, so I think I bring to the table a, a, a sort of a down to earth kind of nature that uh, I'm going to work with people. And I understand that it can be extremely confusing and I want to you know, speak your language. I'm a creative person myself, so I jibe with these people. <laughs> so they feel like they're my kind of people. And yeah, or, or people's creative uses for like kind of standard nomenclature for a business. I'm sure you've heard all kinds of things and <laughs> that's great. They're able to kind of see, yeah, see people where they're at and have empathy and yeah, be, you're supportive of, of where they're at learning everything. Um, yeah, yeah I've, I've used your services and I've been very appreciative and very, yeah, you didn't make me feel stupid at all, even though I'm sure uh, there are such things as stupid questions sometimes, and I'm sure I've asked a handful of them, but. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I don't think there are any real stupid questions, because to, to me, it's like, if you don't understand something, you should be able to feel comfortable to ask and, and just verify and um, just make sure I, I, I'm totally open that way. Yeah, and just kind of get that clarity. Yeah, I can vouch. I can vouch for you too that, that you, you made me feel. Um, yeah, you, you empowered me. I think I, you walked away uh, peace of mind and empowerment. So, um, yeah. yeah, just going through your lead magnet. Uh, I know we're kind of bouncing all over this place. I feel a little bit like that painting, but I think that's that's what I like about these interviews is you can kind of just jump around and get to learn about the person. And uh, yeah, this has already been really fascinating, really interesting. But even just going through the, the top 10 list, these, the lead magnet, um, number one, you have not having enough cash and reserves as uh, something that I think a lot of small businesses struggle with, especially <laughs> you're seeing the, the ramifications of that right now. Exactly. Yeah. So um, just to be clear, some of the stuff that's on the list, we've actually kind of jumped to uh, inadvertently, but um, yeah. yeah, that is actually, so uh, after not having uh, good books, uh, this is the next really big thing because unless you have enough money in reserves, you may not be in business for very long if something happens like a pandemic or um or even payroll, you could have, you could have a lack of something in your, um, lack of uh, jobs coming in. You might have uh, accounts receivable that people have not paid. There's all kinds of reasons why, you know, rent increase or whatever it is, um, you want to have cash on hand. And when I say cash, I mean like not inventory, not um, accounts receivable. Uh, I'm not talking about having credit cards and um, a line of credit. You need hard cash <laughs> you need cash to have is king yeah <laughs> some cash in the bank and really you need to have 
at least three to six months worth of cash. And, and when I say that, that's like based on your expenses. So if you had um, fixed expenses, if you still had to pay people payroll and you had no revenue coming in three to six months. Uh, so you want to look at all your big expenses. Um, another big expense besides like rent payroll now is software because everyone has to pay monthly fees for all their software. So, um, you know, just kind of looking at all the things that you spend money on each month and just try to set aside three to six months. Um, and you can also look at uh, this, your revenue as well as a gauge. And that's like, like 10 to 30% of your, uh, your revenue for the year you'd want to have set aside in the bank. So you can kind of use those two gauges. A big thank you to our sponsors over at songtub.com. That's right, song or music and a tub, like a bath, but more fun to say, tub, tub. Anyway, you can check out Songtub's website for any of your music needs. In fact, the song playing in the background right now is from Songtub. So why pick them over anyone else? Well, they curate the music. And I know the guys, so that means I know that they're selecting great music for your project. A lot of other companies will brag about how many songs they have, maybe 100,000, 200,000, maybe even a million. But honestly, I don't have time for that. I don't have the time to just sit down and go, next, 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 a song, not so great. You know, trying to figure out where the best music is. Songtub.com, great place to get your music. And now I'm excited to offer you the first month for free if you go to songtub.com slash pro, P-R-O, and we have a promo code for you. Yes, that's right. My name, your host, Brian, B-R-Y-A-N, and that will give you your first month free to have access to a huge music library that you can use towards your next video project, podcast, or any of your general audio needs. Anyway, back to the show. Okay, that's really helpful for folks. And right now we might be at a stage where people are trying to start building up that reserve again. Maybe they've wiped out their reserve Mm -hmm. uh, during this time. Would you just recommend as people are starting to build up their reserve, start like cutting costs on everything, live like really lean. And then once you have about that three to six months, you might be able, that's the the tough part is like you've been, if you've been living so lean for so long and then you start gradually uh, getting more subscriptions, more software, it can creep back up to you again. So you're l- kind of living this balancing act. Do you have any tips for fi- folks there? Yeah, you, I, I think you just never let up on the, the acting lean. <laughs> I don't think that you should. Sp- I believe me, I see people spend money on all kinds of things that uh, I'm just like flabbergasted how much money they'll spend. And uh, you, one of the things that I see people spend money on that really is not necessary is meals. Like they um, take people out um, for meals. They spend a lot of money on meals where they'll treat their employees. And I, I understand that. I mean, you want to have an atmosphere that's really fun for, for your workers. But if you can't afford it, then you shouldn't be doing that. Um, another thing I see is like wasted uh, software. That's another one. Uh, having, having a space that you really can't afford. So you're spending lots and lots of rent. Uh, one of the nice things about, I guess, the the whole COVID thing, if you could say nice things about it, is that people are working from home. And I think that companies are now seeing like, wow, we can actually utilize this in our own business where it's like, we don't have to have a, spa- a fancy space that we rent. We can save money on rent and have people work from home. Um, there are issues with that, of course. I mean, there's lots of issues with that. But but from a, you know, an expense 
uh, perspective, uh, it's a lot, <laughs> you could save a lot of money. I, you know, if we're just talking about uh, businesses in Portland, the rent has just gotten just insane. So just think how much money you'd save that. I mean, you could probably save your three to three to six months pretty quickly if you didn't have to pay rent. Um, another thing would be, as sad as this is, maybe you have to lay somebody off. Um, you know, if you really can't afford to have all of your employees. Um, but again, if you're not really gauging that stuff and um, running the numbers, then you'll really, you won't know if you need to let somebody go or you may, maybe you need to hire somebody because you, ha you have so much stuff in the pipeline, you really can't afford it, so. Yeah, and is that kind of where your expertise would come in is maybe if someone, hey, hey, we're thinking about letting someone go because we just don't think it's going to work in the budget or making that decision to add to plus up your team. That's when they could consult with you. Yeah, exactly. So I provide uh, monthly reports that, and they're pretty. <laughs> I made sure that I found a, um, a reporting tool that is very visual and, uh, and very attractive, I must say. I shopped around for sure. And, um, but yeah, so I can do all kinds of forecasting, which will look to see, like, can you afford, we can do scenarios where we can figure out, like, put in, like, okay, if you hired this person, if you got these jobs in, what's that going to look like? And so it's just, the, uh, it's wonderful with the new technology that uh, I can provide those types of things uh, on a monthly basis. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. And uh, I don't know, just, just for the sake of because I'm with another creative person, just talking about how visual charting is, I think, important, especially in the creative industry. Being able to visually see any kind of data uh, makes a world of difference. Um, yeah, it's amazing. Like, I mean, especially, I mean, years ago to do all this uh, analysis with dashboards and all of that required, uh, you know, lots of pieces of technology, Excel, Excel spreadsheets and stuff. And um, so I'm able to connect with people's QuickBooks files. Um, if they use Zero, I can connect with that as well, and then uh, run the the data that way. And then also, I can integrate non-financial data um, by exporting it from their software. So if it was like um, some kind of time tracking software or whatever, I can export that into Excel and then integrate that in with my other reporting. And and so we can look at KPIs that are financial and non-financial KPIs. That's awesome. That's great. I think a lot of people probably perked up at that because yeah, beyond the financial, yeah, if they have other uh, information that they're tracking, cross-laying that with what they already have um, out there is, is meaningful and actually really helpful for organizations. Yeah. Um, yeah. You mentioned some of these on, on these softwares that people are already, you know, accustomed to using. Sounds like you're pretty well versed. I know for myself, you've used Fre FreshBooks too is another, but I think you're leaning towards QuickBooks and Zero because of the functionality that those programs provide. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, they've just, they're just more robust. I mean, I'm, I'm not affiliated with any of these software companies, but it's just, it's my preference. You know, it's just, you can, you could just do a lot more with them. Yeah. Um, just jumping around on this uh, top 10, uh, skipping number two, but going to number three, I think is kind of interesting. Uh, and, and something I think a lot of small business owners struggle with, especially as you first start making money and you want to reinvest. But that number three tip is not paying themselves enough as small business owners. So you, you and you have some stats here. Do you want to kind of talk about that tip? Yeah. Yeah. So the one that you skipped over though, too, is not sending enough money aside for taxes. 
like the one that nobody wants to talk no about. No one ever talks about that until like March, right? <laughs> when April 15th starts getting closer is when you start hearing about taxes a little more. Yeah. So, um, okay. So now let's jump into the, the third one, which is setting aside enough money for yourself. So here's the thing. Entrepreneurs, uh, this is, they're notorious. It doesn't matter what industry entrepreneurs are notorious for not paying themselves enough. They pay their vendors, they pay um, their contractors first, but then they don't have anything left over for themselves. And uh, granted, when you go to do your taxes, you want to have the, the lower income as, you know, the lowest income as possible. So you pay the least amount of taxes, but really you want to be getting money out of your business. So um, what you should try to do is pay yourself first. So before everything else, if you can take at least 30 to 50% of your um, gross revenue, uh, that is what you want to try to do. Now, depending on, you know, if you've got um, employees, if you're an S corp, I mean, there's all these different things that will play into that. So this isn't just like a set thing, but just if it's just your, just you solo entrepreneur, you really want to be trying to get 50% of your um, gross profit. Um, so, I know that's really tough, but yeah. <laughs> so what happens? Get, it gets closer. Yeah. Um, you try to. So what you want to try to do is pay yourself first, and then whatever's left over, um, then take a portion of that out for taxes, and then the rest is what your expenses should be. So if your expenses are more than that, then you're actually spending way too much on expenses. Yeah, and I think that you you, you had a, a sentence or a nugget that I've heard a lot and throughout time is uh, paying yourself first. And that's still especially true in a business as well. Oh yeah. You want to pay yourself first. So, um, in, you know, if you're just a solo entrepreneur, that would be a draw from the company, but you can, uh, you can do it, uh, like just set the money aside for yourself, um, put it in another bank account, however you have to do it. Uh, there's a method called profit first, and yeah. uh, I, I also can implement a prof profit first. I'm not a profit first advisor. So I can't like say like, I'm going to do profit first in your business. But I mean, I do offer those types of services as well. But um, and uh, so the, the idea is you pay yourself first and then in profit first, you're going to put it into a separate bank account. I just think it doesn't matter to me if you put it in a separate bank account or whatever, just pay yourself first. Yeah. And uh, thank you, Heather. Yeah. And, and for people that are tuning in, I'm here with uh, Heather Zeitwolf from Zeitwolf uh, Accounting on the Media Marketing Podcast, your host, Brian Cargill. And uh, yeah, Heather, um, I guess we could come, come back to the list in a little bit, but just talking about maybe, I think what gets people really excited is like your passion for uh, maybe the creative industry. What what, what do you think um, you know, brings you over to the agencies? What, what, what's the draw there? What makes the, the creative industry different than a lot of the other industries out there? Yeah. So, well, for one thing, I'm a creative person. So to me, it's like I talked about, these are more my people for sure. And uh, I love working with service-based businesses. I, I'm not really a fan of inventory, <laughs> So, or, nor working with banks or that sort of thing. And uh, so this just seemed like the perfect niche for me. Uh, like I was mentioning, I have a degree in advertising. And so to me, this, uh, this is just like the perfect niche. Um, and what's different is that you have this sort of dynamic of these really creative people that have 
usually a real strong passion for being creative and they want to bring that passion into a, a business. And a lot of them are very vision, visionary entrepreneurs. And so it's just a more exciting niche to be in. Yeah. It's easier for them to get creative and visualize the future, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But unfortunately one of the things that's on my list though, is like not having a clear vision. So, um, uh, I should probably explain. Yeah, let's talk about that. Um, I saw that. On, I think that's coming up here pretty soon. But yeah, I would love to hear um, not having a clear vision. It, yeah, because if you don't have one, you're kind of drifting out there in the ocean, right? Yeah. So I think what happens is creative people do, they do have big ideas, but they don't have it like set down in paper like, okay, what is it really that they want? Like maybe they think like, oh, I want a cool office. I want to have a team of people, you know, but they don't really know like 10 years from now, five years from now, really what they want. And what you want to have is a super clear vision so you know where, where you're going and then reverse engineering how you're going to get there. So you might want to have like a, a big board where you're like thinking about these things like what's my vision and then kind of like, okay, chunk it out. So look at if we work back five years and then five years from that, and then what are your goals and how are you going to get to the, these uh, benchmarks that you've established for yourself? But unless you have a clear vision, you're just kind of aimlessly going year to year and you have no idea like what you're leading. leading. Yeah. Then can you even say like, was this a successful year or not? Exactly. If <laughs> um, I like that. And you kind of talked about like reverse engineering which has become a little bit more popular term in the last uh, <laughs> decade here. But yeah, picking out what we are, where do you want to be and working backwards. Yeah. And maybe it's like having like, um, you know, a bunch of sticky notes on a wall and being able to like, okay. I mean, it is one thing to have goals and sometimes goals uh, are, you can't achieve them. You know, it ends up that you, you don't achieve your goals, but I think that it's okay to tweak your goals. And so not reaching your goals should not make you like not want to have goals. And I also mentioned in my, my handout to have smart goals. So you want them to be specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time bound. And so because they have to be um, measurable, this is where having the KPIs really you know, so so interesting. You know, it's talking about smart goals, and I'm glad you kind of broke it down for people. I think I first heard about smart goals when I was first, second grade. Oh. I've been around for a long time, and uh, but people seem to forget about them. And you talked about setting goals, and you might not achieve them, but I've always been a, a big fan of, uh, yeah, in the pursuit of reaching your goal, you usually find something else along. You learn something about yourself along the way, and it's okay. When it comes to business, if you don't reach some of those goals, it can mean, uh, you know, it is survival. So then, then you kind of have to transition your business model or do something quickly. Um, yeah. Speaking about the, oh, go for it. I was going to say, you know, just part of being an entrepreneur is that you are going to fail and you have to be okay with failing. But I think also like having a coach or somebody else that um, can hold you accountable while you're trying to pursue these goals is a good thing. So you know, working with an advisor like myself or a coach or some, somebody that um, can sort of be there to um, push you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think, I think I read a stat that was like, if you, write, uh, if you write down your goals, you're like 
40% more likely to achieve them. When you have a coach or a, a, guide, a guide, an advisor or someone that's guiding you, you're something, it increases it up to like 70% more likely because you have someone that's holding you accountable. And then also you, you're probably able to help them uh, realize what is achievable because you, you work with a lot of other businesses out there. Um, so you've seen some other models, you see what's, uh, what does work and you're able to bring that expertise to the table for them. Um, Heather, I don't know, we haven't talked about this and I put it down in my notes, but there, a, a while ago you were the vegan accountant in Portland. Yeah. Are, are you still the vegan accountant? Oh yeah, yeah. So the vegan CPA, yeah, definitely. I love to help vegans. So um, I'm wearing a vegan shirt right now, but you know what? It actually has a, a toothpaste stain on it. Oh, maybe I can. <laughs> oh, nice. Vegan, yeah. <laughs> I did the same thing. I had, I had some water. I lucked out. The water dried right before the episode, but <laughs> funny. Yeah. So no, I love to help uh, vegans. Uh, I understand that, you know, some of my clients may not be vegan, um, but I don't hold that against them. Uh, but maybe if they try my vegan cooking, maybe they will become vegan. Uh, I love to cook and I love to cook for people that are non-vegans. Um, but yeah, you can really, it's, it's surprising. They come out with more and more ingredients that taste just in like, just like whatever the actual thing is sometimes even better. Uh, sometimes I, I Trader Joe's, especially uh, shout out to Trader Joe's. Like I, you know, some of their vegan products are better than the actual, their chocolate chip cook, vegan chocolate chips are better than real chocolate chips. But oh, how, really good. <laughs> well, I think that's awesome. We've had some folks on the, the podcast in the past that they talk about values really driving your organization, your, your company. And that's great that you have ve being vegan at the forefront of your organization. Um, how did that come about? And um, what made you incorporate that as a, as a selling, not a selling tactic, but a, you know, an outward expression of who your, what your organization stands for? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's probably one of the most important things to me is being vegan. And uh, so I do offer a vegan discount. <laughs> Don't tell me you're vegan if you're not vegan, but um, yeah, so I do, I do offer that and to all my, my vegan clients. And uh, it, it's uh, another part of my, my uh, business is going to be part of the, like the benefit corp uh, status and all of that. I haven't gone through all of this stuff for that quite yet, but um, so that's important to me. So um, I, I, I bike ride, I don't drive. Um, I do practically everything is virtual, so I don't print out a lot of paper. And I mean, I try to be as environmentally friendly as possible um, with my work and my life. And uh, so it's just, it's an important thing to me. Plus I love being around vegans. Yeah, yeah, I think that's awesome. Um, yeah, finding out ways that organizations can be, um, yeah, a little bit more proactive about what kind of imprint are they leaving on the world? What are, what kind of fossil fuels? I think that's great. So I think, yeah, when we met up, you biked either or either walked to that location. And I think that's so great. Portland is trying to become more and more of a, a biking city. A cactus knows how to survive. It can endure scorching heat, limited rainfall, and defends itself against critters daily. Your business is no different. To survive harsh conditions, it's important to develop deep roots using media content that'll continuously nourish and support your marketing efforts day after day. Tactus Media is here to help you determine a strategy and create media content. Together, let's map out the next sequence of videos, podcasts, and social media to help your business thrive. Work with Tactus Media 
Media tactics at stick. Ouch! Visit tactusmedia.com to learn more. Well, Heather, uh, I think that's, that's awesome. And, um, you know, talking about organizations, they don't need to be vegan per, per se to work with you, but it's always great if they are. And um, yeah, I definitely feel like you didn't, you didn't like push any of your, uh, <laughs> the vegan ideals on me. I, I've tried to be vegan. I, I, I know that like deep down in my heart, I'd be, it'd be at the heart of like who I'd uh, like to become. But I think um, my, my fiance's family, I don't know, would be okay with that. But Oh, we'll, well see. We'll see. If you can even give up meat, like, you know, a couple times a week or something, or people that are part-time vegan, even that is better for the animals and better for the environment. And, um, you know, I certainly don't want to push my, my values onto other people. I just hope that I'm inspiring to them and that they either try it or, um, or go, you know, go for it hundred percent. That's always good too. But, um, uh, you know, I, I mean, I will, like I said, I'll work with people that are non-vegan, but if, if their business is doing something that I don't agree with, then I'm not going to work with them. So I had a woman who contacted me that was a pig farmer and I was like, mm, no, I'm not yeah. going to work with you. doesn't jive. Yeah. Um, and then Heather, that's awesome. Thank you for kind of explaining that for folks and um, talking about your, your own podcast, uh, I guess uh yeah you you just recently launched your own so if folks really enjoyed listening to you here they can you know follow along with you on your journey as a as a new host do you uh do you have a name for the podcast yet is there a way for folks to find it yeah so it's going to be called get the balance right and uh, i just made a logo for it this weekend and uh it will be be it will be released at the end of this month and there's going to be three episodes all together so, um, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna use uh, Buzzsprout is, I don't have any affiliation with them. That's just the, the host that I'm gonna use. So hopefully it'll be available on all platforms. Yeah, definitely. I've heard good things about them and that's great. You're gonna do, so at the end of June, folk, the, I keep saying folks, I, I don't know why I keep saying that. Am I from the East Coast or something? But people are gonna be able to go on and find your podcast at the end of the month. That's great. And I like that you're gonna be releasing them all at once. It's a, and Buzzsprout, I've heard, I've heard good things about it. It's just a good platform that can integrate well with your website. And I think it should go out on iTunes as well through Buzzsprout, but, uh, okay. We'll just, maybe we can go through one more tip and maybe we can talk about how, what's the one thing that entrepreneurs can do to increase their business, but what be, you know, just for the sake of the episode, what's, what's one last tip from the top 10 do you think we should, should cover? Um, this is probably not a very fun one, but uh, it's really important is to um, put some processes in place. <laughs> I, I know that people hate processes, but um, it really can help you be more efficient in the work that you do, especially if you've got a creative firm and you have new hires and uh, you want people to, um, you want your, you know, you want to have good utilization and all of this and really you have to have a process and recording those processes. And now with video though, it makes it so much easier to record processes because you don't have to do like boring flow, flow charts and all that stuff. You can actually just record a video of all the steps to do. And it really does help new hires to get on board a lot quicker. That's interesting. So maybe explain that a little bit more. So like just record what your day, like kind of day-to-day -day activities or how to use a software and then just share that uh, video training with, with new hires. 
Is that yeah. what, kind of, what you're saying? Yeah, you can do that too. So like anything that you do, uh, you can, that you, everybody should do it the same process. Like, I mean, if you come up with a good way of doing something, uh, new hires shouldn't be like coming up with their own method of doing something. If you know the best way that's most efficient to do it, then you should have some sort of process. And if it's, I've just found that, you know, if it's written down, pe people probably just put it in a log and then put it on a shelf and they never look at it. But with video, it's a great way to train new people. And at least it's engaging and, and you can pause it and watch somebody do a task. And, you know, I mean, most stuff is done on a computer anyway, so you can just do a video of it. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm always a big fan of video. I think yeah, it is engaging. You can do voiceover and uh, you can talk to the audience and yeah, really slow it down. Something, yeah, because sometimes if you just have like a, uh, a flat sheet with the instructions, sometimes they miss like a little detail that takes you from one instruction to the next. So the video, you're able to like, yeah, really just see that in real time and like said, pause it. Yeah. Uh, are there any other processes? I, I guess maybe processes for working with clients, processes internally, what are some of the things that you do? Uh, any other big processes that stand out for, for you? Well, um, for me, I don't have the type of company that would utilize this because it's just me. Um, but I've heard really good things about Zapier, um, which is a software that uh, I'm I don't really know too much about Zapier, so maybe I shouldn't be talking about it, but it sounds really awesome because it, it will, um, uh, you can take different processes that you do and it automates certain things. And um, so to me, that's just super exciting. And I get really nerdy and excited about technology. So um, there's people out there that's used the software. I'd love to, to hear from you guys. Yeah, I could, I think I might be able to shed a little, I've looked into it a little bit. Uh, it was way outside my budget. Yeah, uh, talking about budget for software, but that one I've, I've only heard good things and it can integrate softwares that don't actually normally communicate to each other. I think a lot of us have gone on the back end and say, hey, what is, what is this? Let's just use Trello. That's a software that I know. What, what does Trello integrate with outside externally? Does it integrate with Google? Does it integrate with Facebook, YouTube? But Zapier can go beyond those platforms. You can kind of build your own really simple code yeah. Uh, even if you're not a coder and make it work, but yeah, I think that's great. So automating some of those processes, what softwares can solve some of those solutions for you. Um, I'm excited, Heather. This is going to be, uh, what, are, what are some things, you know, here we are getting ready for the summer, maybe going in, this is Q2, you know, Q3 will be wrapping up here or starting here pretty soon. Um, anything that people should look for, you know, here in the near future? Well, so one of the things is that because of the whole COVID thing, they changed the quarterly payments for, for federal, um, the quarterly estimates are now due on July 15th. So that's the first quarter, the second quarter, and then the third quarter, uh, it should still be, I think it's like September 15th, um, if I'm remembering correctly, but they're all like really close together. And so I think that that's just gonna be, a lot of people are gonna be a world of hurt if they're just waiting and they haven't sent in any money or if they haven't set aside any money. So. Um, this is just a weird, weird um, year uh, mm -hmm. with funding, but just make sure you have enough money set aside. And I know people hate thinking about taxes, but it, unfortunately, it is what it is. Yeah, give yourself a little bit of a cushion there. Mm -hmm. um, cool. 
And then, yeah, one of the things that people can do, they can book a meeting with you. Uh, we'll put that into the show notes, but just, I guess, for people that are watching on Facebook, they can go to your website. Do you want to spell that out for folks? Oh, it's a, it's a mouthful, so maybe we'll put it in the notes. <laughs> okay, we'll put it in the notes, but it's your last name, accounting. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Zeitzwolf with a Z. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, anything that we haven't covered, Heather? Uh, no, I think we talked about it. I mean... Like I said, the we did talk about KPIs, and I just really think that it's super important to be uh, proactive in your business rather than reactive. And like I said, the only way that you'll know that is if you keep track of your numbers. Yeah, having those those key performance indicators. Um, are there any specific? You know, maybe maybe name like the top one or two that people should at least be referencing or looking towards. Well, so you want to see how. Um, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. This is probably going to be too complicated again because I don't want to do some math. But I mean, I guess the most basic one get is your gross profit and your net income. I mean, those are the simplest things. And then also how much cash that you have. But unfortunately, when you just look at the cash from the bank, that is just like, that's just a little window of what's going on. We really need to do look at your cash flow. Um, mm -hmm. So and to do that, you really need to be able to forecast and know what's in your pipeline and all that. So it gets, I don't want to scare people. So, yeah, well, you need, I mean, I think that's okay. I don't know if it's scaring. I think it's like, yeah, building awareness. And that's why bringing someone like yourself that can really break it down. And, um, you know, maybe at what stage should someone look to working with you, Heather, any stage of their business, even if they have an idea or, you know, maybe in the first, well, now that you're working with small to midsize, I guess it's probably companies that are a little bit more established. Um, maybe, you know, gearing up for the tax season, but I think you're looking at doing more ongoing accounting work throughout the year. Yeah, um, it's more advising throughout the year. So it's, um, some people call it like a virtual CFO. It's kind of, you know, more like that. I also do coaching and, uh, but most of my, most of my services right now are geared more towards uh, smaller, like I said, probably like seven, 750,000 a year, 750,000 a year to like, 1.2 1.5 million cool yeah that's great um well i'm excited heather and uh, good luck on your podcast and I, I've, this has been great having you onto the show talking about uh i think you, you do bring a new light to financials and make it really fun and easy to understand and your own personality shines through when people get to work with they're not just working with any regular old person they're working with you heather which you provide a great experience for people so um with that i'll let people go move on with their monday and heather thank you for uh, bringing the energy the enthusiasm i love the the basquiat background thank you any uh closing words no uh <laughs> that's a wrap well, awesome <laughs> yeah visit visit heather's uh, heather's website zeitwolfaccounting.com we'll put all that information in the show notes and we'll also add this lead magnet when i think it becomes available and everyone, uh, good luck on your marketing ventures. All right. Till next time. Thank you. Thank you.